Cephalufau, former Colorado Buffaloes quarterback, and you're listening to the whole show on 1310 KSKA. Thirty-four minutes after the twelve o'clock hour, and man, it's you know it's been a busy month of sports talk. We got a lot of fun basketball happening. We've the Super Bowl was highly entertaining. The playoffs were highly entertaining. All these interesting stories coming out on a daily basis. We had the big CSU stuff coming out on Monday. That was wild. Uh, but I'm really excited about this now that it's official. The college football playoffs. The way we're going to be doing this. The 5 plus 7 deal. Mark Johnson, the voice of the Colorado Buffaloes, set to join us here. Mark, um, how do you feel? I don't know if I've ever just directly asked you. How do you feel about the expansion of the college football playoffs? Well, if we have to have a playoff, I like it. If we didn't have to have a playoff, I didn't mind the, you know, kind of selecting two and the voters determining it. I I, I had no issue with that. Um, And the reason I say that is this. Because there is something that is special about and unique about the bowl system, okay? And so I, I enjoyed that. Now, with what we're doing with the playoffs, it is decreasing the importance of the bowl system. So at some point in time, there's going to be a tipping point where it's going to affect that greatly, if not totally eliminate it. And so if you have to make a change, let's expand. You know, I, my history, and you well know this, Brady, my history was back uh, in 1AA football. I did Illinois State for a number of years. Uh, early on, I was involved in the 1AA playoffs, and they've been doing this for a long time with 16 teams. And so it works perfectly fine. And so it's, 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 we're able to do it, but because of the bowl system, there was pushback. And so, you see, fans need to understand, the two aren't compatible, right? This, this hybrid existence we're going to have with 12 teams in the playoffs and still some bowl games really doesn't work. Uh, they'll maintain it as long as they can, but I think ultimately that probably goes away. Well, and you make an interesting point, too, because if you do get rid of the bowl games, then there goes the carrot for every team yep. outside of those 12. And let's face it, we know that the 12, Mark, are save for one group of five champ until we get a, a new conference coming in. I don't know. But right. pretty much 11 teams are going to be power four schools. They're going to be the big wig yeah. schools, so you're going to get one one team. So if you do eliminate the Bulls, then there goes the carrot for all the group of five schools. Without question. And so so you know, let's say you're, you're a... You're not playing uh, at a champ- conference championship level, but you're having a nice season. You go eight and four, right? Uh, well, what what happens in the bowl system? Everyone gets at eight and four. You're going to a pretty nice bowl game, and there's excitement around that. And there's opportunity, and fans get to travel, and it's around the holidays, and all these different things. And I know we got to the point where the bowl schedule, in terms of number of bowls, was getting kind of silly. I mean, when you when you're getting into what do we had recently? Like fifty or something? Yeah, I mean, it's some huge number. And I, maybe we've expanded it beyond where it should have been. But you know, I think if you you know out of one hundred and thirty, what do we got? One hundred thirty-three or whatever it is, one A football teams right now. If you've got forty of them going to a bowl game, okay, uh, I think that's a nice number. If you've got fifty going, now you got twenty-five bowl games. I think that's a nice number. You know, forty is a third of the teams in the country. And so 
Uh, I think that there's, there's reason to appreciate that. But then again, you and I have had these conversations about what we're doing to college athletics. We're making it more professional than we are college, which takes away the uniqueness of what college football is and what makes it unique from the NFL and what makes it special. And I think we're limiting a lot of that as we continue down this path. Well, and, and I mean, I know you, you saw the news, and I hate to bring up the enemy to you, Mark Johnson, but, yep. you know, Colorado State, uh, moving on from Joe Parker, at least as yep. their AD, they bring in for the interim right now but we'll see this is the guy that started their collective he is mr nil so um i thought that was a very interesting move that just goes to show you at least what colorado state's thinking maybe a lot of schools in the in the country are thinking we're going to get our our next athletic director is going to be business first sports second um with an emphasis on the nil well and and what this is brady is just a continuation okay there was a time in college athletics and everybody that's that's a little bit older understands this the athletic director was always the retired football or men's basketball coach. That's generally where they came from. Now, now there were advantages to that. When it came to coaching hires, for example, coaches know coaches. They know other coaches. They can make phone calls and find out about this man or this woman out there and, and how good they are and what is thought about them in the coaching circles. Well, then what do we do? Then the athletic director started coming from marketing and fundraising, and we've seen a lot of that. You know, think uh, Mike Bone, for example, was a, was a prime example of that, who was in that end of, of uh, college athletics. Um, and, and then, you know, at, at CU, let's, let's stick with CU since I know them best, then Rick George comes from the sports sponsorship uh, promotion world because he was involved with Major League Baseball. He was involved with with uh, the PGA Tour. And so, you know, we've seen this transition coming over the course of time. And so I'm not shocked. It may be see, seem new to all of us uh, that, you know, you see all of a sudden, in this case, an interim athletic director who comes from the NIL world. Well, to me, it's just the next logical step of where all this is coming from. It shows you the importance or what seems to be or what's thought to be importance in, in college athletics and where they think the focus is going to be. Now, the next question is going to be this. So if, if you start to see some of these moves from the NIL world into the administrative world of college athletics, then when this thing goes finally over the edge and we have uh, unionization and we have revenue sharing, are we just going to see people brought in maybe from from the television world who have been negotiating these contracts or organized labor, or what's that going to look like? Because obviously the, the job uh, focus is going to change a little bit, so the job description is going to be a little bit different. So this is just that continuing evolution of what we're seeing in college athletics. Now, I think it's a great point, and it is fascinating, though, to see it. All the things you bring up, when you just look at the um, the way the athletic director position has evolved just over the years, where you go with what the need is, and right now, yep. I mean, Mark... Two years ago, it was like, what's NIL? This is interesting. This could be bad. I don't know. Now, it's the number one thing. Would you agree that this is, you got to have this right before you do everything else? It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and I don't think, here's why I don't think it's healthy. Um, and I understand it's the reality. So, so you folks out there, if you think this is just Mark Johnson being an old guy, get off my lawn. That's not what this is. Here's why I don't think it's healthy. Because right now, it's not based on anything. Okay? And what I mean by that is it's not based on merit. When you go to the NFL or Major League Baseball or NBA, it's based on merit. Yes, there is a graduated uh, rookie salary cap that you jump into, but everything then beyond that is based on merit. You gain then because I have performed. Well, that's not what this is. Now you've got circumstances where, let's say in the football world, a young man gets contacted by an institution. We want to bring you on campus for a visit. And the kid says, that'll be ten grand." 
Ten grand for what? what yeah. What's the merit here? Now, you've been a good player. We understand that. But we're not sure you can even play at this level. And then you get to a college campus, and they just hand you, you money. Think of this for a second. Arch Manning. We don't know if he can play at this point in time. I don't know. I know he's got a great name. I know he's got a wonderful quarterback history in his family. But I don't know if he can play at this level. But for two years now, it looks like, he's going to make somewhere between 2 and $4 million sitting behind Quinn Ewers as the starting quarterback at Texas. It's not based on anything. I mean, think of this for a second. I know people out there going, what, are you kidding me? It's, uh, he's Manning. He's going to be phenomenal. Really? You think Bronny James might be a mm. similar type of case study? Yeah. Because Bronny James right now is an extremely average player uh, in college basketball. That's not even going to be probably on the all-freshman team in the Pac-12. And so we're not giving this anymore on merit. We're just giving it because, well, here I am. Give me my money. And that's what it's based on, which is why I can't continue. Yeah. I, I'm, I'll be really curious to see what happens in the next two, three years of how this tightens up a bit because um, it's it is out of control and I think that that's what you're seeing with with schools now they're getting desperate so they go after and I'm not saying you know this guy named John Weber is a desperate move I'm just saying they're desperate to figure out yeah. NIL so I got to bring somebody in that knows what the heck he's doing when it comes to name image and likeness well and let's be real honest about it this is not a, a negative comment about the gentleman up at CSU sure okay? in any way shape or form um, when we say we bring somebody in that knows what they're doing in NIL nobody knows what they're doing in NIL yeah. It's a brand-new world that we're all blindly kind of walking through. Now, there are people that might have a, a background in, in fundraising, there, you know, those kind of things, but let's not all pretend that we fully understand how NIL works and what it's all about because there are no real set rules. Everything is just wide open, and everyone's kind of doing their own thing. And so, you know, there are, there are no experts in NIL right now. There are people that think they know what they're doing and maybe have a little bit of an idea coming from a fundraising background. But really, NIL is an undefined world we're in right now that nobody fully understands. We're just all doing it. And so, you know, this is the old line we hear about government all the time, right? When in, when in question, just throw more money at it. That's essentially what we're doing right now in NIL. Uh, we, we're not exactly sure, but we'll just throw more money at it and see what happens. Yeah, well, and, you know, you, I, I was hearing, uh, you know, the story a couple of weeks ago or months ago or whatever about the CSU quarterback who was fine. You know, he's fine, but there was a rumor that somebody offered him 600000 to leave Colorado State. So I'm like, Crazy. if that, if, if BFN can get that, then, yes. then everybody is on the table. Right. No, no. It, it's, and think about that. I mean, the overvalue, uh, overvaluing of these players. Now, now again, he was he was a fine player, but but really, six hundred thousand dollars that just goes you right there shows, just shows you right there, buddy. It's not based on merit; it's based on oh my goodness, we need a quarterback. We're going to just throw money and see who we can get. And so that what ends up happening then, and here's here's the flip side of this, is then that the donors out there and the boosters that are doing this. At some point, they're very smart women and men who are in the world of business and have made money because they're smart and they work hard and all the things you need to, to be successful. At some point, they go, wait a minute, what, what, what am I doing here? How come I given $2 million the last year and the guy we brought in really wasn't that very good of a quarterback and the offensive tackle we brought in wasn't that good? So what, what exactly am I doing here? Why am I and see, there is no connection. You'll get folks that will say, you know, uh, this is like, like the NFL. No, 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 it's not, no. Uh, when they start getting endorsement deals uh, in the NFL, that's outside of the salary which brings them to the franchise to play football in this case. And, and so it's not the same as what we're seeing in the, in the professional ranks. This is, right now you've just got this open bidding 
for no reason at all other than the fact that I need somebody to play that position, and we're just throwing enormous amounts of money at it. And it's not based on merit. It's based on need and panic, in my view. And so uh, that, that's why I say this can't continue and be uh, have a solid foundation under it because it's not a system that can that can withstand any any force, if you will. Mark Johnson joining us, the voice of the Buffs. Mark, um, with a guy like Tad Boyle, um, does is he having fun? Anymore. I mean, I know they love basketball, but I was reading a story the other day. I can't remember where it was from. A listener sent it to us. And it was like a football coach, but he was talking about all the other million things he's doing now before he even gets to football now. The sport is is so secondary. Oh, there's no doubt. I I go back to that great quote by Gino Oriema, the Hall of Fame coach at UConn. Uh, and it came out just a few weeks ago. What he said, and I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase the quote, it was something along the lines, it's impossible to work through the way the system is set up because right now the student-athlete owes us nothing and we owe them everything. So, and what I mean by that is, you know, when you look at professional sports, there's a contract. So I'm committed. Look, look at the Russell Wilson thing we got going on right now, right? That player is committed to the Denver Broncos and if they release him, they owe him. We understand it because they've, they've negotiated and come to an agreement. But if you have no agreement, there's nothing keeping me here. You know, I've got a contract with Learfield, for goodness sakes, okay? Uh, I, I work for them. We've got an agreement. If I'm going to break that contract, there are penalties for me that I have to endure. There are no penalties for student-athletes right now. They can just willy-nilly. I jump from one school to the other, and I've told you before, what's coming down the pike, you're going to be some, there's going to be IRS issues, there's going to be gambling issues, and nobody is going to graduate. You're going to have a decreased number of, of uh, student-athletes graduating because all they're doing is jumping from one school to another, and no one's really paying attention. All they're saying is, can we get you in? Okay, we got you in. Let's just make sure you're eligible this semester. And then a young man or young woman jumps someplace else, and by the time all of a sudden they get through their eligibility, and nobody was really overseeing them, help, helping them through this to make sure that they get to the point where they can graduate. And so that's another ugly story that's going to be coming out here in the next couple of years in college athletics. Yeah, I think you and I have had these conversations a lot. Um, you know, get ready. It's probably only going to get a little uh, more wild as we progress here. Mark, what time do you get rock and roll? A couple days away still. Yep. See you going up against Utah. I mean, the Buffs pretty much, Mark, at this stage, you, you, they got to go on a heck of a run, an epic run here. Well, I, I'm not sure. You know, Epic might be overstating it, but I, what, I, what I'm saying is this. I think they need to run the table at home, so there's three. You've got Utah on Saturday at 7 o'clock, 6.30 with the pregame. And then you've got uh, the Bay Area schools the following week coming to town. Run the table. I think uh, a split may do it on the final two road games against Oregon. Sweep would certainly put them in a very nice position. So, um, you know, I I guess that's a five-game winning streak. I don't know if that's epic or not, but it certainly would be a substantial winning streak for them. And then you go to Las Vegas and and see what you can do there. But, um, you know, they're, they're still a very good team. Uh, they've, they've had their injury issues, which have hurt them terribly this season. And, uh, you know, they needed that game on Saturday with a two-overtime uh, victory over USC. They got it. And so now let's see what happens. But, yeah, Saturday, uh, Utah in town, 7 o'clock tip, and uh, 6.30 with the pregame of the network. Is there a number in your head that you see, hey, uh, you, you got to win these regular season games, you got to win a couple of games maybe, or a game in the tournament, in the Pac-12 tournament? I don't um, know. I yeah. don't, I'm not sure if a number does it. Because, you know, if, if you go through this scenario I just laid out, let's say they split on the road against the Oregon schools, that gets into, what, 21. They'd be a 21 and 10, I guess, if my math is correct, going to Vegas. That's a pretty impressive record. I think if they're 22-9, and nine, that puts them in a little bit better position. And then, you know, if you get there and win a couple of ball games, put it this way, you're making a strong argument. I've got – I know Lenardi had them this morning as the, in the last – four out, or was the second four, I can't remember. But anyway, they're on the outside looking in. I've got two more guys I know that are 
prognosticators for that. And both guys, after the win on Saturday, texted me and said they're back in. So wow. at, at this point, you know, at this point, who knows? Listen, we understand Joe Lenardi's got to put something out almost every single day, <laughs> and he needs to generate interest. And so, you know, it, it makes for great conversation. But if they do what you and I just talked about, I think they've got a very good argument. Now, does that mean they're in? No, but I think they've got a very good argument. Well, we'll uh, we'll be tuning in, Mark. We'll be listening, my friend, and we'll look to catch up with you next week. Hey, by the way, if there's anybody out there, your listeners, that uh, would like to sign me to a no-merit NIL deal, I'm ready for it. (laughs) Hey, when you get one of those, let me know. Let's partner up on this, Mark. We could be millionaires. I love it, man. (laughs) All right, man. Mark Johnson, the voice of the Buffs. I love it. Very insightful. This is a guy that's in these conversations. He hears so many different things um, when it comes to the NCAA. All right, let's take a quick break here. I'm going to wrap up hour number two. We got buy or sell coming up. Cody Tucker going to join us. Is Jeff Linders, is his seat getting hot there in Wyoming? He got tossed last night, and he made some interesting comments about the show. Fan turnout. Does the administration get tired of that kind of stuff, or do they need it more? Let's talk to Cody about that in the final hour of the program. It's a whole show powered by Chevron on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 at 1310 KFKA. Basketball is here, and Bruce is having a ball. Listen to Coach Bruce Dick on Coach Speak. Weekdays at 10 on Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA.